0: Yeah, 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 yeah. Hey everyone, welcome to Positively Chaotic. If this is your first time joining us, make sure to subscribe to the Positively Chaotic channel on YouTube, and if you're listening, subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. I'm so glad to have you here. This week, we have my wonderful mum on the podcast, and we discuss everything from being raised as an only child, to being expelled from nine schools, and, well, so much more. If this inspires you, please share it with a friend or family member and let us know what you guys think. And if there is someone that you would like to hear on the podcast, send me a message or tag me on Instagram. Please enjoy. This is a very special segment for me and I am very excited to introduce my guest today. She is an extremely talented interior designer, mother to an only child, a grandmother to my two beautiful daughters you may even recognize her from the positively chaotic trailer that's right we've got my very own mummy dearest dawn Young De on the podcast today mom i am so thrilled to have you here welcome to the podcast how are you I'm great. I'm so happy to be here. You really are. My mother has driven me mad. And it's only a Jewish mother from Northwest London that can truly drive (laughs) their son mad to be on their son's podcast. But I am delighted that you are here with me now. And this is a very special moment because due to coronavirus, every podcast segment that we've done so far has been remote. So you are the first in-studio guest how does it feel to be here? Absolutely smashing. Tell me about it. So, are you excited to be on today? Are you excited to be talking to your son about some of the positively chaotic moments we've it's, had growing up? I'm just very happy to be talking to my son at all. I think my mum is just happy to have an hour with me where I'm not on my cell phone and she has my Absolutely. undivided attention. Oh, it's heaven. It's wonderful, mum. So, look, you've obviously been around our family. During this insane pandemic, you've been around my home life and seen the kids doing Zoom remotely from home and schooling from home. How have you been staying positive through these strange times? Um, How have I been staying positive? Well, I like to
1: come to you at the weekends Mm -hmm. because that gives me time to
0: be with the family equally. I like to go home and have a rest for the week. So what you're saying is you can handle the family in small doses and then you like to go home and have some quiet time. I like a balance. Do you not find, and actually this is an interesting conversation, being at home, being alone from a mental health perspective is also quite challenging during this time where before COVID we could go out if we chose, but now we have to be so much more careful going out. Does that bother you?
1: It bothers me, but it doesn't bother me as much as it
0: bothers other people. And then you come to our house and... It's totally nuts. Tell the viewers, how crazy is it being in the Harris household? Well, first of all,
1: the Harris household, when you're not there, is about (laughs) 10 degrees, 20 degrees quieter. Yes. But when you are there, for some reason, from the minute your eyes open, everything... It's nuts.
0: (laughs) Must be to do with me. It must be. (laughs) I don't know what to say.
1: When you come to me to get ready after the gym. Yeah. My home is quiet. I like everything's in its place. You come in, it's like a bloody whirlwind. (laughs) The air goes on, the music goes on, Louis starts to bark. The doorbell goes, doesn't go all week. You arrive, the bell goes, the phone goes, everything happens. It is definitely something to do with you. I think I bring a level of energy.
0: It's quite a good thing. And no? then when you leave, it's like, oh, for God's sake, thank God for that. <laughs> Charming. And it's an interesting one because all of my listeners, and this is where this segment gets really interesting, in my opinion, have curiosity about this roller coaster of a life that we've really had together, right? Growing up as a child, it's I nice was-
1: that you recognize that. It
0: is, it is. And, and it's nice. important that I also recognize growing up as a child, I was diagnosed with a laundry list of behavioral issues. Definitely. Right? I was expelled from nine schools and I'm not sad to admit it. In fact, I look at it as a huge learning curve and I truly don't think I'd be where I am today without having a mother like you. And I really mean that. But I do wonder what it was like for you to become a single mum at age 24 in London. I want you to set the scene for us, what that was like for you. Oh, my God. Well, first
1: of all, I felt like I was a single mum from the minute I had you. You were my baby.
0: Excellent. My dad will be delighted to hear that. You
1: were. You were just, it was never our child. You were my child. My miracle
0: child. This is what happens when you're an only child, yeah. And then
1: when I separated from your father, I remember going to a, a birthday party in Hampstead Garden Suburb, which you should explain to your audience is a very, very middle-class, upper-class Jewish neighborhood. And it was, I was the first person one of the first of my age to get married. And equally, I was one of the, I think I was definitely the first to get separated. Hence, it was only a couple of years. And I remember going to a birthday party and carrying you and I was all dressed up and I suddenly felt like a leper (laughs) because the women, and it was, there were no men there. So I wasn't like, you know, intimidating or, you know, single. But I felt like all their husbands were there and I felt like I'd caught something because they made me feel so uncomfortable. And I had a child that was like nuts. Nice. So between the women and everyone's child behaving and my loony, I couldn't wait to get the hell out of there. (laughs) (laughs) Was I a loony from day one? you were no i when i say you were a loony you never a loony
0: really you were just you were a loony fair enough (laughs) Uh, listen i i i know for sure i was a maniac i can't remember most of my childhood which i find extremely bizarre um but let's go into this you were told you could never have children that's correct so i like to call myself a miracle child but no, I've that's Sorry, you can't have that one. I have always called you my miracle
1: child. There you go. So I am I, a miracle child. I actually wanted to have. I don't know if you even know this, but I actually wanted to have four sons. Oh right! God, I, I, wanted, I would have been really
0: jealous. I'm not now. You wouldn't, because you could have shoved me out if you, you know. Oh God! I could have had three brothers to deal with you yeah, instead exactly. of just me. <laughs> that would have been lovely. Yes,
1: but at the time you liked. You loved it. You mom promised me you'll never have another baby. You didn't understand I couldn't. But now, all yes. you wish is that you could adopt, I could adopt a few, and you could like send me on a one way cruise. Or we could just find
0: you a boyfriend at this point. Well, and I think I'm, that would be equally as useful. I, I'm, I'm, I'm for it, boy. I'm for it. Single lady here, just FYI. Anyway, 3108. S- no, I'm joking.
1: James. <laughs> so, anyway, so. I I did I really didn't think I could have children. Mm-hmm. So no, I wanted four boys desperately. Mm-hmm. And then I found out very young that I couldn't have children. So against seriously all odds, I had been in hospital. I was on steroids. I was still... I don't actually even know how it happened. Well, I do, but you know what I mean. I fell pregnant. It was not heard of that you could fall pregnant, how I was, physically and the ment- the drugs I was on. And guess who turned up? That would be I, wow. And do you know what? I knew I was pregnant within a week And a friend of mine was pregnant at the same time and she also knew that she was pregnant. And lo and behold, we were. Pretty awesome. And I actually found out, I did a test in London Mm -hmm. because I thought this is very strange. Mm -hmm. And it came out positive. And then I went to the Far East with your father. Mm -hmm. We went to Hong Kong. And I still just couldn't get my head around it. And I remember Finding out that in Hong Kong, outside the region, I was pregnant.
0: That is really, mm. really cool. It was. That's actually really cool. It was. It was because, wonderful. especially hearing that right now with so much madness going on in the world, like hearing a joyful story is actually really lovely. It also shows you that you never know in life what's going to happen. This is very, very true. And although
1: you, don't think I'm a positive person Mm -hmm. and not I'm not as positive as you but I don't think anybody could be (laughs) but neither here nor there I am a positive person because I have experienced an awful lot because as you keep telling me I'm old Mm -hmm. and um I feel you just don't know in life
0: ever no you think you do but you don't that's absolutely true and I was taught very early on you never know everything. You are always learning every single day. You're learning something new. And the moment you think you know everything, in my opinion, in business and personal lives, the moment it's all over, we're learning every single day. We certainly are. And even though my mother is old, <laughs> you're still learning every day.
1: I'm not that old. I'm
0: joking. Of
1: course you're I'm not old. I'm hoping to learn to like, you know, go six for under me.
0: <laughs> You're not going anywhere. And let me ask you, because actually it leads to this perspective, your perspective of life, what that looked like. You dealt with so many obstacles, raising me, being a single mom. How did you manage to stay positive and instill that positivity in me? Because my mom was diagnosed with Crohn's disease, age 13. And had many complications, which is what probably led her to being told she'd never be able to have children. Yeah. And then I was born. <laughs> Miracle. And you were positive. You raised me a single mum on oh. your own. You did. I know. And Tell me about it. You had to deal with a lot of shit. I was, you know, a troubled kid with behavioral issues, ADHD, amongst a bunch of other fun things.
1: Are you telling the audience or are you telling me I'm I was there? I'm asking
0: you, how <laughs> did you deal with that? And how did you instill positivity and keep smiling and keep me moving forward and create who I became after I quit school? Which was somewhat of a man, I think. Um, I can answer that very simply, James.
1: Brilliant. You were a naughty boy. Yes. But... You were so much fun, (laughs) so much fun. And I was your best audience. I mean, sometimes I could kill you Mm -hmm. and still, still definitely can. Absolutely. Possibly more now than Mm -hmm. ever, but I remember I used to laugh so much and you
0: used to just gave me a reason to go, carry on. Any fun stories that like spring to mind in that regard? I remember when... Why are you looking at me like you want to kill me? (laughs) (laughs) Carry on. I remember taking you away. Yes. To
1: France for my 30th birthday. And my dad actually paid for us to go to France. Sweet. And we went down to the south and the, the plane was delayed. And we're sitting at the airport. And there was a a guy on his guitar. He was a teacher with school children, taking them to France or somewhere. I don't even know. I can't remember. And I remember (laughs) that there was 20 kids that he had to amuse because the plane was delayed. But who was on his lap (laughs) doing a (laughs) (laughs) sing-along? Would that be you? (laughs) Yes. Yeah, I was. And then you joined in. <laughs> uh, you you're always still my show, baby. Uh, um, yes. So I remember being at the airport and there you were. And it was just, it was hysterical. Then I also remember when we were in France, but this was like an everyday occurrence. Whenever mm-hmm. we went out, we ended up, wherever we went, we knew the whole restaurant, <laughs> everybody. <laughs> Whether they were telling us to be quiet, asking the waiter to tell us to leave, mm-hmm or laughing. We always, we never left anywhere without knowing everyone.
0: That's great. That's great. I still feel like I do that today. Like I 100%. like to know my audience. I like to know people around me and I, I love people.
1: I have to say,
0: James, I don't think you've really changed. <laughs> <laughs> That's great.
1: No, it is. I
0: don't think I've changed either. I will say this and tell me if you disagree. I was diagnosed with a lot of crazy things when I was a kid.
1: Well, they also didn't have the knowledge that they have today.
0: Correct, and that was hard for me as a kid because I was challenged at school academically. I struggled, I was never front of the class. I was back of the class. I was a popular kid, but I couldn't keep up academically. Um, Okay. you could keep up academically. You never even put a
1: pen to paper. Fair enough. For anyone to know what you could do.
0: But whatever I had going on then, I always knew that I could turn it around and use it to my advantage in the real world of working and growing up. And I feel like I still have extreme ADHD today. Definitely. But I'm able to use it to my advantage is what I like to think.
1: hundred percent. I remember when you were at school, I always just prayed, not that, you know, on the odd occasion, that you would actually I just needed you to get through to 16, which was the legal age. And I didn't want social services to take you away. That was my big concern because obviously there were no schools left.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: But I, I knew that you were, if I could get you through school, those school years and, and try and pray to God that you would not kill yourself on drugs, I knew that you had it
0: in you to be okay. Thanks, mum. I actually, uh, I, I never... remember a, a story. There was a company in London called Gabitas. You remember them? No. <laughs> <laughs> I'll never so forget them. Gabitas are a company you pay to find you a school, place you in a school. And mum had paid them quite a considerable amount of money to find me a school. Over
1: many years.
0: And they gave mum her money back. (laughs) They (laughs) couldn't find me a school. And you know what, I have zero regrets, but I am curious, you know, what fears did you have for me, right? Here I am being diagnosed with various mental illnesses that were not viewed back then the way that they are today. How, as a mother, as a parent, how did you manage those worries? I had this,
1: must be this like inner strength. I still have this inner strength. I had an inner strength and I never ever, I could deal with anything as long as you were okay, actually. Mm -hmm. And I remember I just... I never, when, when they all used to say to me, he's never gonna, nothing's gonna go his way. He's never, he's gonna be in prison by the time he's 19. He's gonna, it was a disaster. They kept saying, I'm so sorry, I'm so sorry. I never believed them. I don't know why I had faith in you. I didn't think someone with your personality couldn't succeed. And there was one thing that they all kept saying to me Unfortunately, this is what every psychiatrist and every therapist said to me, with your son's problem, he will not have friends. So it's going to be very, very difficult. And the thing is, you've kept your friends all through your life. So the fact that you maintained at all the different schools, you kept the same friends. They weren't getting everything right even then. So I kind of held on to my own... In a gut feeling.
0: I love that. Thank you, Mum. No, I'm serious. Why do you think I was able to and by the way, I've got a lot of growth and a long ways to go, but why do you think it is that I was able to succeed where so many others felt I would fail? First of all, you love
1: the good life. You love money. As a child, all you used to say to me from about the age of six is, mom, how much money do you think they've got in the bank? And my answer would be, James, I don't know. Mom, if you had to, if your life depended on it, what would you say? James, I don't know.
0: Just say a number. That was at six. Why did I care? Why do you think I cared so much at that time? I'm because curious. Because
1: you, so, you, you liked nice things and there was something in you, I don't know, but I remember with my, my father, every time we went there, which we didn't go a lot, a lot, but when we did go, you wanted, the first thing you asked me was how much money my father had. I mean, it's not a normal, I never thought like that as a child, but you wanted to know every single person, whoever's home we went into, I, the first thing, not, did you have a nice evening? Wasn't it lovely? How
0: much money did they have? Sounds borderline sick. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what the hell I was thinking or what good that would do for me. Oh, but I don't think I was intrigued by money. I think I was intrigued by other people's success. Uh, well. What, I, I do. Yes, yes, yes. 100%. But
1: as a child, you, didn't, you don't consciously know that. Subconsciously, yes,
0: obviously. Of but still today. I'm not that curious. Well, I'd like to know what everyone has in the back. But today I love to see other people's success because I believe that success breeds success. I like to hang around successful people, not necessarily financially successful, but successful in ways that they can lift me up. And I think for a large period of life, I hung out with people through my darker times that brought me down. And I realized you have to associate yourself with people that are gonna bring positivity to your life and help better you. And I think that's all grown from when I was a child and having those friends that I grew up with that have brought nothing but happiness and, and joy to me. So it's really interesting. I have another question though, what, looking back for you, what was the most chaotic time or moment in your life that you were able to transform into a positive experience? Oh, think about that. It's a great question, and it's one I ask in every single segment, and I think it's a good one for you. We all have these chaotic times in our life, but how did we transform chaos and madness into something positive? The thing is, James, I,
1: and I know this sounds really like… Cliché? Well, <laughs> yes, it does, but, it, but I'm not you know, a fakie.
0: Mm -hmm. That you are not.
1: So, but I always remember every time, bearing in mind I was in and out of, I still am, in and out of hospital so much. I always, always remember and even last year, whenever I come out of hospital and I, I remember with my dad, I used to say to him, dad, can you, can we drive through the park? Because when you're, ill, mm. that ill, so often, you learn to appreciate. You forget very quickly, thank God, you don't remember pain.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: You know that you've been ill, but you don't remember the pain. But I love to go through the parks and and just come out, and it's like, oh my God, I'm so happy to be alive. Mm-hmm. So although it wasn't chaotic, sometimes it was because I was at death's door, Um,
0: I managed to pull it out the bag and that was the positive coming out. That's amazing. I mean, uh, my whole childhood, you've been in these one month, two month, three month stints in a Mm. hospital bed. And I've seen you go through some really unfortunate times (laughs) in hospital. (laughs) Uh, Albeit when I'm in there, I'm trying to make you laugh, but it is pretty miserable to say the least. I know, but you last
1: time and the time before, honestly, I swear you saved my life. <laughs> you
0: and you my sister. Well, you really both did. Now, you saved your own life because you're a fighter and you're strong. But no. I do understand coming out of hospital, how that feeling must be like, oh, I've overcome it again. And I'm going to be okay. And I'm strong. And I'm going to get through this. Absolutely. And for last time... Uh, my mum was in hospital, I decided to put on overalls, latex gloves, Uh, what else? Oh, and I walked in. No, you
1: came in in the wheelchair.
0: I got on a wheelchair and I wheelied into my mum's room in overalls with latex gloves. And told her I was the doctor here for her next God knows what. I'd had stitches
1: and it killed me. It <laughs> killed me to laugh, but I was
0: crying with laughter. It was. And that's what it's about. That is what it's about. That's what it's about. So let's go into you, right? You're this strong, independent woman. You really are, who has raised me on your own. You've never given up. I'm really curious where that sense of resolve comes from. Like, where did it come from? Did it come to you naturally? Is this something you were born with to be this tough and take on everything you did as a single mom? Like, where did all of that come from? Is it being a kid?
1: It comes from having a mother that was so horrible to me and my sister that I wanted to be the exact opposite. And not not of your sister, you love your sister. No, 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 the exact opposite of our mother. Right. So I think, I really, really, really think that it was, my dad was a sweet sweetheart. So I really, really feel that I wanted to do the opposite and I hope that I did. I mean, I know that I, there are definite similarities in terms of my voice, how I look some of my revolting comments, I think, oh my God, you're your mother. But I think that I did, in the main, do the opposite. My main uh-huh. thing was to make you feel that you were loved. I do, come on. No, no, no. Come on. I've... With all the stuff that was going on and all the schools that you were kicked out of, trust me, there were times when I really thought, I needed a parent line. What did
0: you used to say to me growing up? There's nothing worse than having a mother. That loves you too much.
1: Oh God, but it no. was a lot. No, I used to say <sighs> to you, there's one thing worse than having a mother that loves you too much. A
0: mother that doesn't love you at all. Correcto. Perfect. <laughs> <laughs> and were there times growing up where you learned to be self-sufficient? Were you, a Gail, and your brother like on your own and dealing with strange circumstances as kids? I know my grandparents worked a lot, but did you feel like you were kind of raising yourselves? Yeah, it was great. And so did you feel as though you had to kind of raise me right there next to you? Because it was the opposite of how you were raised? 100%. And what do you think is the right way to do it? Somewhere in the middle. (laughs) My way. And life growing up in London, we're both obviously from London, born and raised. You were raised in Northwest London. Did you move around a lot? Did you live with your parents until, I don't even know the answer to this, what age? I left home, it's the first time I left home, I was 16. Where were you going? I,
1: I went to stay with a friend and then I left at 17. And where did you go? I went to live in
0: Stanmore. Sounds depressing.
1: Well, but trust me, it was more depressing (laughs) where I was just come from. Yes. Um, I went to stay at these um, friends of mine that were married. Mm -hmm. I was always mixing with people that were much older than me. Which is weird. So was I. Well, probably I was looking for a mummy and daddy figure. That's sad. Um, So I had much older friends. So at 17, I went to live with them for a while. Then I got ill and had to go back again to mummy and daddy.
0: That must have been embarrassing.
1: Not really, (laughs) I managed. You got through it. Um, Had my amazing grandmother that I used to go and stay with
0: too. I really left home at 17. And I left home when I was, actually no, I got kicked out of home. correct. I got kicked out. You kicked me out. I certainly did, James. It was kind of messed up. No, it was not messed up at all. Well, maybe it was the best thing that ever happened to me. James. Because it taught me a lot. I kicked you out of home. If we're going to tell, if we're
1: going to do this and we're going to publicly do this. Let's go. Let's go, man. I'm ready. I phoned the nightclub. Cut. No, I'm joking. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, please. As as most mothers would, I don't think. And asked to speak to the... Guy that owned it. God knows how I got hold of him, but I did. And asked him if he was a parent, would he like to be, his children to be given cocaine at the clubs? Mm. His respl- <laughs> he laughed at, in my face, came and told you and gave you some more. And Great guy. I, when I found it for the, I don't know how many times in my home, I decided I wasn't gonna threaten anymore.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And I had been told by the doctors that I had to, for my own sake, as well as yours, uh-huh. let you get out
0: because I did not want drugs in my home. Which I appreciate. Now I look back at it, I wouldn't, yeah. Now I have kids, I look at everything very differently. So yes. However, the
1: place that you went to stay in, in Maida Vale, mm. I had no idea that it was a drug, He, what's it, heaven? Or what's it called? I'm not sure. But it was like, I had no idea that you were going from I mean, if I'd known, I
0: would never have chucked you out. Yeah, I mean, so I left home when I was 18. No. Sorry, I got kicked out of home when I was 18. No, you were older. No, I wasn't. I was 18. I remember it very, very well. Right, you were actually 19. Fine, let's not split hairs. I was 18, but that's okay. Okay. Because you thought you came here at... That's also true. It was all a bit blurred back then. But look, again... I, I, I wasn't on drugs. I don't have any regrets. I really don't. And I know I was going down a really dangerous path... And I made some really stupid decisions and I feel like I had not a tough upbringing because you weren't there for me, but I did have a tough upbringing in the sense that I was... You didn't have a daddy. Well, whatever. You had a stepdaddy. I had the most amazing stepdad, but I had a tough upbringing. I was being kicked out of schools. I was misheard, misunderstood. And then I'm out of school, I'm working and I'm hanging out with all these older kids and then drugs come about, and I guess you learn from your mistakes. And it took me up until I was 25 to see those mistakes and get sober. But thank God I went through everything I did the way I did, because otherwise, who knows if I'd be where I'm at today? Who knows if I'd be sober and married with two children? Nobody knows anything, do they? So in a very weird way, I actually am happy things unraveled the way that they did, believe it or not. Absolutely,
1: I mean, I am not shocked at how well you've done. I I mean, I knew that if you could get to where you are today, you would be where you are. But there were times when it was a little bit- Scary. Scary and a bit <laughs> rocky and- it wasn't looking good. It wasn't looking good. But I remember and that when once you got kicked out or suspended, I can't uh-huh. remember, and you did this award-winning performance at the school where you ripped all your buttons off your shirt and pleaded for you not to be kicked out. Did it work? It did. Oh, so that in itself was such a masterful <laughs> performance that why wouldn't you succeed? Yep. You sold it to the headmaster that you were gonna change.
0: He did kick you out the week later. So that's fine. (laughs) It happened at a late stage. But do you think that watching me growing up, and I really want an honest answer here, I've always looked at the glass as being half full. 100%. No matter what. To such a high level. And I do believe that that's really important. I really do. And I know sometimes you tell me to stop Being ridiculous with that. No,
1: I I just think sometimes you go a little bit
0: over the, very over the top with it because,
1: you know, if I'm in pain, I don't feel like talking about drinking water and being positive. And I noticed that when you're in pain, I've never known anyone go to three doctors as quickly as you do. Four. Yes,
0: so, so <laughs> That's because I'm looking for the positive diagnosis. <laughs> Didn't you know? <laughs> and, and let me ask you, what did you believe about yourself that helped you become successful and deal with lunatics like me? Like how did you just naturally have to learn to deal with this maniac of a son? Well, I wouldn't say that I was the most normal person on the block. No, definitely not. Absolutely not. Still so, not. Neither
1: are you. <laughs> I was a little bit more normal. <laughs> Before you came along. Oh, please. Before you...
0: I hadn't had a drink, really, until you came along. And there you heard it, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> I turned my mother into an alcoholic. I am not an alcoholic. Perfect. I just love a good glass of wine. So a great story. My mum and I have battled for years because I believe my mother drinks too much. And my wife and I go to London... My mum loves to drink wine and we fight about it all the time. And it's actually not funny, but she invites my wife and I to a hotel in London to let us know that she needs to talk to us about something very serious. I don't remember this. And this is the problem. Don't drink wine, ladies and gentlemen. And my wife and I show up to this hotel and we're sitting down and we think something big has happened. Something big is about to go down. I
1: don't know what you're talking about.
0: And my mother looks at my wife and I and says, I need to let you both know something. And I'm like, okay, what is it? I've stopped drinking wine. (laughs) It reacts badly with me. I'm like, yes.
1: Oh yes. She says,
0: I'm now only drinking champagne. (laughs) I said, pardon me? This is your big revelation. I'm allergic to wine and now I only drink champagne. And that ladies and gentlemen is called denial. (laughs) (laughs) So anyway, I wanna ask you a question, which I ask every single guest that comes on the podcast and think about the answer. And that is what comes to mind As the moment in life where everything changed for you. My age. It's meant to be a positive thing. (laughs) Getting (laughs) old is not that positive. (laughs) Oh. (laughs) Something happened in your life as you've gone along where everything in life changed for you. Either got better, more exciting, happier. No. Yes. No. Hello. What about me being born, for example? Oh, God,
1: but we've done that. What?
0: Tell me something that's happened in your life where everything changed for you. Something oh, okay. has happened for you during your life where things well, got better or things changed or something's gotta have happened. Oh yeah, lots of things. Give us one. You, well, I'm not gonna some.
1: discuss the other. My grandchildren. Thank you. My doggie.
0: Oh boy, this is my brother apparently now. <laughs> okay.
1: Um. <laughs> Coming to, making a decision to come and live here. Yep. Sometimes being well, Mm -hmm. falling in love. Mm -hmm. Um,
0: Falling out of love? No. No. That doesn't do it for me. No, (laughs) fair enough. And and let me ask you, you know my feelings about regrets. I don't have any. That was my question. Do you have any regrets in your life up until now? No, not one. That's beautiful.
1: I don't because, well, the only one that would come to mind if I was to really think about it, Mm -hmm. which I choose not to, is I might have listened to my dad about your dad, but I wouldn't have had you. So, no,
0: I don't have any regrets. So, really, you really owe my dad one. (laughs) A bit of a high five. (laughs) I don't think so. So, interesting. For those that... What's the point? You can't change it. It's true. For those that are divorced, I strongly recommend maintaining a great relationship because a toxic divorce relationship... No good. Really bad, really bad. But my mum just admitted good on my dad, so we're going to keep that on tape because I haven't heard that in... Excuse me, I've had two husbands. So one I've had that I made him
1: do the divorce papers and the other one was a terrible divorce. So, you know, I've
0: I've done both. And in your positively chaotic life... What are you most proud of? You. God, I love this podcast. It's just great. <laughs> okay. And, and myself. And yourself? Yes. That's amazing. And you really you you should be proud of yourself. I, am. I know we joke and this is the relationship that we have. But you are an amazing amazing oh. mum and I love you with all my heart and you have never ever left my side, not even through the darkest of days of me going through my own challenges. You've always stood by my side. You've always been my rock. You've always been my best audience. And and now you're just wanting me to leave your side and I still won't go. She just won't go. Just won't go. But I love you to pieces. Love and I'm too. so happy that we got to do this podcast. And before we wrap it up, is there anything you want to say, add, Let me know. I think you're a wonderful
1: daddy. I think my grandchildren are absolutely divine. It's wonderful to see you happily married. And Valeria's got you well under control there.
0: (laughs) (laughs) That's what happens when you marry a Latin woman, ladies and gentlemen. And the time has come to wrap things up. At the end of every episode, we close things out with a little segment called Chaotic Questions with James. Mum, are you ready? Go on. Okay. What room do you spend the most time in? Bed. Beautiful. What are you currently learning? Life. Oh, God. Bit late for that. And...
1: (laughs) (laughs) Only joking. Can't wait for you to be old.
0: Oh, I'm dreading it. And what motivates you today? I don't know.
1: Just getting up and getting
0: on with it. That's a beautiful thing. And what advice would you give to your younger self? Oh, just get on with it and enjoy yourself you've only got one life that's right ladies and gentlemen you've only got one life mum I can't thank you enough for being on the podcast where can people stay up to date and see what you're up to oh boy don't go to her Instagram it's just her dog <laughs> but if you do what is your Instagram handle oh what is my Instagram and that's what 60 looks like guys follow me on Instagram at jamesbondst jamesbondst To everybody watching, hit that subscribe button on YouTube. If you're listening, please leave a review on Apple Podcasts. Subscribe and listen anywhere you get your podcasts. Tell your friends, your neighbors, and anyone who would enjoy the Positively Chaotic Podcast to tune in. And thank you for listening. Great job, ma'am. Out. (coughs)